The following podcast is a glimpse into the life of Ecclesia Houston. We pray it is a blessing as you seek to follow Jesus, the liberating King, and live in His kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven. Good morning, Ecclesia. It is my joy to be back. It's been a couple of years since I've been here. It was such a joy. I'm so grateful that Pastor Chris invited me to come back. I bring greetings from Mariner's Church. We are so impressed by you. We are inspired by your faithfulness, your hard work, and your love for those who are in need. And again, I can't say it enough how grateful I am to be with you today. I am with my husband, Jim. Say hi, honey. (laughs) So wonderful that he comes with me, and we're just so happy to be with you, uh, part of our family. As I prayed uh, over the past few months as to what to teach today, The Lord kept pressing in my heart the importance of remembering that God leads us through the power of the Spirit. Now, I started preparing this months ago, way before I understood the times that we would find ourselves this very weekend. Because I don't know about you, when 2020 started, it seemed like a new decade, there were some possibilities, but also I think we had this uncertainty because for us in the U.S., it's a year of elections and a lot of issues, and we didn't know how 2020 was gonna end up. And that led to a little bit of anxiousness, perhaps, and some instability as the year started. But then, it got worse, right? We've got coronavirus, and now we've got these fears and anxieties and you know, people running to the store to buy masks, and all this anxiousness, all this instability, not knowing what's gonna happen. And then, we have the stock market, go crazy on us this week, and I don't know about you, but it's clear that we are in uncertain times. Would you agree with that? And that doesn't even count what's going on in your own life, your own circumstances. And the way I look at this is kind of like, you know, you got that cute puppy, you're so excited to have our puppy and not potty trained just yet. And he went to that corner of the house and found a nice spot and did number ones, and then came back later, said that's a really nice spot, did number two and then ate a bag of chips and then threw up all over that and you get to clean it. And won't you agree that sometimes life leads us through these seasons where it's like one thing after on top of another on top of another and it's easy for us to feel this misguided, uncertain, frustrated, anxious. And I believe because we're in this season, I want to remind myself and us together as a family that we have a God who seeks to guide us through all seasons of life, through the good times and the hard times, through uncertainty, and even on the joyous days. He's always seeking to guide us. And we need to be reminded of that. And in a way, I don't know about you if you know this, but our leap year, it's a recalibration of our calendar to reset ourselves to be more accurate uh, as far as counting how we go around the sun. And I feel like this is a weekend where we can recalibrate our hearts to be tuned to what God has to say to us and how he guides us. As I came in this weekend, I I flew in and rented a car. Man, so technology is just amazing because I plugged my phone to the car and boom, the little computer had the map from my phone and I found myself to the hotel without a problem with good old GPS, which has improved in its quality because I remember taking my daughter to visit a college and the GPS took me to a park and not to the school. 
But today, man, you move one foot and it knows you've shifted and it rearranges things. I took an exit off incorrectly as I was coming to the hotel and it quickly said, no problem, redirect, go this way now. And I got to the hotel without a problem. And that kind of guidance is very reassuring because I know I'm not going to get lost, right? And that's the kind of thing we need. We need clear guidance. Jill and I, years ago, visited India. And on this trip, we expected to see a, a gentleman that was going to lead us. But when we got to the airport, there we found Sam, his 20-some-year-old son, who told us, I'm going to take you to the mountains in the southern part of India to visit a seminary. It's going to take us three hours to get there. And we thought, oh, okay, we're a little tired, but we'll go along. And so we get in the car and we start driving along and Sam kept stopping every so often asking for directions. Now the guy's from India. He's been to the seminary before and we're thinking, well, that's odd. And we could tell that it was, he was asking for directions even though he wasn't speaking English because, you know, everyone's pointing, you know, do this, do that. And he was following that direction. And then he did it again. And then he did it again. And I finally was like, hey, Sam, um, like, do you know where you're going? He's like, oh yeah, we're going to, to, I'm going to the seminary. I mean, you're asking people for directions. Aren't you worried that they're going to play a prank and send you in the wrong direction? And through the rearview mirror, he gave me this complex look like, oh no, that doesn't happen in India. We actually trust one another. We, we want to help one another get to the right place. It's okay to ask for directions along the way. And it dawned on me, and I, I think it's relevant to us today, that we are willing to follow only those whom we trust. Agreed? If we trust the source, then we're willing to take more risk and follow along. And as we look at scripture today, I want to remind us, I think we need a constant reminder, that we have a trustworthy one who leads us. The question is, are we willing to follow? And so I'm going to read to us from John chapter 16. This is Jesus speaking to his followers, promising to them that he would continue to follow them. He says these words. He says, I have much more to say to you, more than you can now bear. But when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. He will not speak on his own. He will only speak what he hears and he will tell you what is yet to come. He will glorify me because it is from me that he will receive what he will make known to you. The disciples had left everything to follow Jesus. We see in scripture, Jesus calls them, they drop their nets, and they follow Jesus. And they were following Jesus everywhere he went, believing that what he had to teach them, what he had to show them was more important than what they were doing in the past. And many other people join in this following. Some people were very interested in what Jesus had to say, but they were interested only because they wanted to get what Jesus had. How often is it that we go to Jesus just wanting what he, what he wants, can give us, and then, but we want to do things our way? And these people were seeking after Jesus just because there was something he could give them, and he confronts them. He tells them, listen, you're just following me because I gave you bread and fish. And then there are those people who are following Jesus simply to trick him, to disqualify him, to show the world that he was not who he claimed to be. And they looked at every opportunity to trick him as they followed him. And then there were those who were honestly following Jesus, 
very interested in what he had to say, but when things got tough, they bailed. When it seemed difficult, they're like, I'm not listening to you anymore. And that's the case in John chapter 6. After Jesus feeds thousands of people, we're told that he starts to tell all his followers, I am the bread of life. I am the bread that comes down from heaven. No one gets to the Father except through me. You must eat this bread. And he talks about his body, that he needs to be eaten. And now people are like, well, oh, that's just weird. Okay, I, I don't know if I can follow you anymore. And sure enough, we're told in Scripture, many left. And they stopped following Jesus. And Jesus turns to his followers and he says this in John chapter 6, verse 67. You do not want to leave too, do you? Jesus asked the 12. And Simon Peter, he answered this way. Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Depending on your translation, some of them say, you alone have the words of eternal life. I have nowhere else to go. I am only going to follow you. I'm going to follow you no matter where you go. I'm going to follow all the way, every possible, every situation, I'm going to follow you. And we know Peter was one of the ones who denied Jesus, but he wanted to follow Jesus. And Jesus says to them, as we go back to John 16, yes, you will follow me, but listen, I have so much more I want to teach you, more than what I've already taught you, more than what you have seen, all the wonders and all the miracles and all the teaching. There's so much more, and it's going to come, but it's going to come after, after the resurrection, after I atone for the sins of all believers, after I prove that I am who I say that I am, his deity, the fact that he was the bread that came from heaven because he was brought back to life and conquered death. After he was glorified and sat at the right hand of the Father, then he sends the Holy Spirit to teach, to guide, not only the disciples, but you and I. And how often do we seek the guidance of the Spirit? I want you to pay special attention to the way in which Jesus describes the Holy Spirit. Because his is I think some of us get a little confused, right, about the Holy Spirit. And sure enough, the word that Jesus uses in his passage is pneuma, which is spirit. And we have this idea of the Holy Spirit being this sort of like ghost, sort of cloudy thing. But Jesus describes him with a pronoun. He makes clear that the one who would come is the third member of the Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, a great mystery to us. How could God be three persons and one, but each one relational, not only with each other, but with us? And we receive the Spirit when we proclaim with our mouths that Jesus is the Lord and Savior. We repent for our sins and we put our lives in his hands. And Jesus gives us the Holy Spirit. We begin this journey, this relationship with the Holy Spirit to lead us. Now, I want us to go back and read John 16. And, and are you willing to play along? Have you had good coffee? Yeah? Okay, thank you. So, the, yes, you guys are going to be amazing. I know it. Every time you see the pronoun he, I want you to say it. I want you to notice how often Jesus makes it a point that the Holy Spirit is not an it, and he uses the pronoun he to demonstrate the relational nature of the Holy Spirit to us. 
Okay, ready? I have much more to say to you, more than you can now bear. But when the spirit of truth comes, will guide you into all the truth, will not speak on his own, will speak only what, and he, right, will tell you what is yet to come, will glorify me because it is from me that will receive what will make known to you. You notice, it's not an it. It's the he. As clearly as they experienced the presence of Jesus that day, that is how they would experience the presence of the Holy Spirit. And how many of us think, oh, it would have been so cool to have been back then, walk around Jesus, give him a high five, hear what he had to say, hang out with him, be in relationship with him. But what he's saying to us here right now is the Holy Spirit is that present in our lives. Paul tells us the Spirit dwells in us. Our bodies become his temple. He is that relational, that close to us. Are we tuned to his guidance? He's seeking to guide us all the time, to bring us into a heavenly mindset. In fact, Paul tells us that we're on a fork of the road all the time. We're either going to be led by the Spirit or we're going to be led by the flesh, as he talks, which is the material world our fleshly, our desires, our humanity, the earthly mindset, we have to choose all the time which one are we going to allow to lead us. And when you experience the presence of the Holy Spirit, once you become a believer, you never lose that. I'm not saying you lose your salvation, but it is easy to have the Spirit in us and ignore Him. Would you agree? We're in church. We can confess. That how often we hear God speaking to us and we go, oh, yeah, not, not there, not now. Or it's okay, you know, I, I, might, I, ha, I know where I have to go. And we choose a different path. Paul says to us in Galatians chapter 5, these two things are in conflict. Look what he says. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit, and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with one another. They will never tell us the same thing. What we want to hear from our own flesh, from our earthly mindset, is going to be different than what God has to say to us. It should not surprise us that the wisdom He gives us is different than what the world offers to us. We shouldn't be surprised about the things that we hear that we know are not from God because they don't come together. It's like two magnets that just will not touch. They are in conflict and contradiction to one another all the time. We are the ones that must choose where will we experience our guidance, which is why Paul tells us we must choose. We have to be guided by the Spirit or not, because everything in this world will eventually disappoint us. If we seek to solve our problems in the way of the flesh, in our desires, in the way of the world, we can't. And how many of us have gotten ourselves in trouble and try to solve it with our own mindset and it just gets it worse, right? Now, a very smart guy, Albert Einstein, said this, and I think is wise. No problem can be solved from the same level of consciousness that created it. Hmm? How is it that we think, it's almost like, you know, a definition of a crazy person, the person who does the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. We cannot solve certain problems. They're over our heads, beyond our paycheck. You know what I'm saying? The Holy Spirit has what the wisdom that we so desperately seek, especially in some tough situations. So we must choose. Paul said in Romans chapter 8 
that there is a different direction that we're taken if we go by the flesh or we go by the spirit. Listen to these words. He says, those, those who are live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. But those who live in accordance to the spirit have their minds set on what the spirit desires. He changes our desires. And then he says, the mind governed by the flesh is what? You say it, death. It leads us to destruction. We just do it. We know it. We all have at some point or another. But the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. Life and peace. We all want that. We all want life to the fullest. We all want peace. And the Hebrew term for peace is shalom. And it means nothing broken, nothing missing. That sense of groundedness that I think all of us so deeply desire. The, the peace that surpasses all understanding. That's the peace that the Holy Spirit promises to us. If we allowed him to lead, no matter what circumstances we deal with, if we set our minds to that of the Spirit. Colossians 3.2, Paul tells us, set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. In other words, it's our decision to make. You might be making the most important decision today as you set your mind to listen to the Spirit's guidance instead of just your own fleshy desires or the things of this world. Because life will throw all kinds of curve at us. And I believe when we set our minds on heavenly things, it changes the entire game. When Jim and I were traveling with Sam, he said, okay, we, the road to the seminary is up a mountain and it's kind of windy. And I'm like, oh man, I get car sick. This is not going to be fun. And so we start on this road. It's a narrow road, two-way road. Uh, to the side is this ravine that goes to nowhere. We couldn't even see the bottom of it. And we're just going along this road, and I'm getting car sick, and this is not fun at all. And he said, three hours. It's going to take us three hours to get there. And then it starts raining. Now, in California, when I preach this and I talk about it raining, people think of this like little nice mist, like your fire sprinkler going off. But Houston, you know rain, right? Come on. We're talking rain. When it comes down, you can't see. That kind of rain. It's monsoon season in India, and we cannot see a thing. We're driving on this little road, and now the rain is so fierce that the mountain on the side is starting to slide off. So we're driving around piles of dirt and rocks coming down the mountain, and people are coming at us. If anybody has traveled to India, you know this. It's a live video game. You think you're going to die every other moment. Cars are coming at you. And this guy, I mean, I was impressed. Sam was dealing with all this pretty good. And we're like, okay, we're, we're sort of okay. And then it gets worse. This thick fog comes over the mountain, and now we've got a bright white wall right in front of us. We can't barely see a foot in front of our car. I was terrified. Jim was terrified. We were looking at each other going, oh, honey, at least with what we're together, we'll die together. <laughs> and it took all the, I mean, I'm a control freak. Any control freaks in the house? Anybody? Okay, good. This is a good place to confess. George, Jesus, help us. And I'm in the back of the seat. I want so bad to like, Sam, get out of the car. I'm driving. Which I would have easily taken us off the hill. And in that terrifying experience, the Lord grew my faith because I had zero control of what was going before me. I could, we could not turn around. The road was too narrow. We could not stop. Someone behind us would have probably taken us out. 
And we didn't know, do you turn to the right, do you turn to the left, because you could fall off the mountain or hit some rock. Terrifying. And we're asking Sam, how much longer? Are we, are we almost there? Are we almost there yet? 20 more minutes. 20 more minutes. And then 20 minutes later, are we there yet? 20 more minutes. And he did that again and again. We trusted Sam every 20 minutes. <laughs> Terrifying. I believe there's a really good chance that you're here and you're kind of on that kind of a ride right now in your life. That you're up on some mountain and it's raining and it's pouring and there's stuff coming at you and there's a wall before you. You can't see past your circumstances right now. And it's terrifying. And you're desperate to take control of the situation. And you're grasping at any way you can turn this around and you can't. And I just want you to know the Spirit wants to guide you through that. You are not alone. He will guide you through. And you could be that kind of person that has peace that surpasses our other people's understanding, your own understanding. I was a chaplain at Children's Hospital in, in Orange County, and I got to see parents whose children had cancer, terrible diseases, some parents whose children were born with heart conditions, parents who lost children. Nothing's more painful than that. And I watched the difference between those who trusted the Lord in that time of pain and those who didn't. There was a peace, a peace that you cannot get anywhere else, a peace that only God can give you. If you're in that place, Jesus, through the Holy Spirit, will tell you exactly what you need to hear. He will guide you through this. Trust his voice. I love that Jesus told us he's not going to be silent. He will speak. He will tell you things. None of it will conflict with what I've already taught you. None of it. He will speak what I tell him to speak, but he will speak. You and I will hear the Lord speak to us. And often when I talk about this, people go, well, I, I don't know how to hear the Holy Spirit. I, how, how do you do that? How, what does it sound like to know the Spirit speaking to me? And it's right here. It's in God's Word. When you read God's Word, you recognize the voice of God. The more you read it, the more you start to understand how God speaks, what he speaks about. Sometimes you'll read a passage and, and, and you'll see something for you. Sometimes you don't, but still the Spirit is speaking to your spirit. How many of you read uh, First Chronicles? First Chronicles is like one of those books you're like, wow, why is this in the Bible? But it, listen, <laughs> forgive me, Lord. Forgive me, Lord. I'm not trying to blaspheme here. But listen. It, it's all about the son of this and the son of this one and the son, all these names. You need like a whole Hebrew lesson. You know, Shammah, the Heronite, and Helez, the Pelonite, and Ira, the son of Ikesh, and Tekoa. And you're thinking, why am I reading this? How am I going to hear the Holy Spirit reading this? Anybody have that question? Here's what you can hear. God cares about the details. He cares about the names. He cares about the individuals. He cares about you. In that time that you make to hear from the Lord, I believe your mind may wonder because you're like confused. But even in that wondering, I believe the Spirit can whisper truths into your heart. Some that you may not, you not, may not hear it audibly. I'm not saying that you might hear it audibly, although some people do, that's okay. You might just hear it in your heart. You might hear that soft, soft whisper from the Lord. 
Be in God's word. And then if you think you heard, remember that none of it is going to conflict with what Jesus taught. It'll always be consistent with what he taught. And so as you read the Bible, you can compare what you thought you heard with what the word says, and it should always align. The character of God never changes, we're told. And then you can come to a brother and sister and you can pray. And together you can pray and ask for clear, clarity from the Lord. Obviously, the Spirit wants to speak to you and I and to guide us. But the question is, are we listening? Are we willing to experience the peace that only He can give us? C.S. Lewis wrote this. God cannot give us peace apart from himself because there is no such thing. A peace that we want, a sense of wholeness, groundedness, stability, clarity, none of that comes apart from God. He is the one who gives it to us. I, I want to give you a, a picture to remember this sermon with. Have you seen a plant do this? This plant is desperately seeking for the sun, and plants do this because they cannot live without light. I, I think some of us are here today kind of like that. I barely made it here. I'm searching for God. I'm in such a hard time. I'm just stretching as far as I could. You might be in that kind of place, and that's good. You're here. I hope you're encouraged today. I hope you got a bit of light into your heart today. But I want us to remember the sunflowers. Both this plant and sunflowers have a, a, a process called phototropism. Plants cannot live without light. And there's a hormone in a plant called axiom, which essentially makes the plant do this. It's fascinating. This is how God shows us himself through the plants, how he guides us. It's just unbelievable to me. You'll never see sunflowers the same if you didn't know this. But when they're little tiny plants, search it on YouTube. You can actually watch them do this. The plants face east. I was told that east is somewhere over there. I'm not from Houston. So, east. The plants face east in the morning. And those little plants just sit there in the dark. And when the sun comes up, it's like they're on attention. And as they watch the sun move, sunflowers, that's why they're called sunflowers, they follow the sun all day long to the west. And then the sun sets. And this is where it gets mind-blowing. In the night, the sunflower has no clue where that sun went or whether or not it will come again. But this plant turns itself around overnight back to the east in the dark, waiting for the sun to come again. And it does it over and over again. And that's how sunflowers grow, that we might pick them and put them in a flower arrangement. What if we were like sunflowers? What if we positioned ourselves to hear what God has to tell us? Maybe you're in the season of the night and you're not hearing God, you're not experiencing his presence, you're not experiencing his guidance. Turn towards him. Position yourself to receive. He is faithful. He is faithful. He is faithful to speak to your soul. If you're right in the bright, shining sun and you're hearing from God's voice and you're experiencing his guidance, follow him. Follow him. 
Go where he takes you. He might take you to places you never imagined. I know he has for me. I mean, that trip to India was already like supernatural experience, but when we got to the top of that mountain, it was the tea country of India. And he took us to this seminary where young men were training to be pastors. At the end of this training, they were going to be given a bicycle, a Bible, and a few bucks. And then they were put on a train to the northern part of India where there is tremendous persecution against the church. Look it up online. Many churches get burned and pastors get martyred in the northern part of India. These brave young men were about to give everything for the Lord. And we were blessed to pray with them, to hear their testimony, to watch as they bravely face where God was going to lead them. And then after we did that, we drove around that country, absolutely beautiful part of India. And as we came down the mountain, and yes, we saw how bad that ravine was. Woo! But as we came down the mountain, we were rejoicing and praising God for taking us to a place we never imagined we would go. I, I don't know where God is leading you. But he does. And I think in hindsight, you will look back and go, wow, this is what God has done in my life. I want to leave you with two passages, one from Deuteronomy, one from uh, John. Again, these are words to remind us, remind us always, always, always that God is with us in all circumstances. He never leaves us. Jesus promised the Holy Spirit you and I, if we believe in Jesus Christ, have the Spirit in us. If you've never accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, this is a good day to do so. I'd be more than happy to pray with you after the service. This is a good day to say, Lord, guide me, guide my life. I've tried it my way. I'm ready to try it your way. I did it for 40 years. I trusted my way. What a mess. So don't waste another minute trusting in your own thinking. Let your mind be set on things from above. And remember that he never leaves us. Deuteronomy 31, this is how God guided the people of Israel in the desert. He said this to them, the Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. Would you read this with me? He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid and do not be discouraged. Oh. Powerful words. And that's not just for the people of Israel. It's for us too. Look at John 14. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Before long, the world will not see me, but you will see me. And now let's read the last sentence together. Because I live, you will also live. Jesus came to give us life and life to the fullest. Jesus knows the truth. He will guide us to the truth. He will tell us what we need to know. He knows the future. We get to choose to listen to him and let him guide us through the most difficult parts of life. Let me pray for us. Oh, Heavenly Father, we are so grateful for this powerful reminder. Forgive us, oh God, that we are prone to wonder. Forgive us control freaks who want to do things our way and take matters in our own hands, especially when we are afraid when we feel vulnerable, when the circumstances around us overwhelm us, God, we seek for some way of control, and Lord, you are the one in control. May we sit in the back seat of your driving journey, oh God, and rest, rest in your faithfulness. 
May we glorify you and praise you as we do, knowing that you are always with us. You go before us. You go behind us. You are next to us. You encourage us and strengthen us all the way through. Lord, we trust you. We love you. And we are grateful, grateful, humbled that you love us so. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. If you would like more information, please visit our website at www.ecclesiahouston.org.